Jeremiah 3.15, And I will give you pastors according to mine heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. Welcome to the podcast of the Kadesh Family Church, Newark Branch, a place where Jesus resides. Our main goal and purpose is to provide the solid foundation of Bible-based teachings for our day-to-day living. Preached to you by our residing pastor, Reverend Dr. Charles Osset. We hope you are blessed by the Word of God, and may your life never be the same. Again, which be the first principles of the? You see the word the principle. Which be the first principle of the oracles of God? And I become as such as I have need of milk, and not of strong meat. The Bible says, for one, for the time that you ought to be teachers. You have need, again, that somebody teach you. Again, the first principles. In other words, it means that God expects you and I, that as Christians, you must grow. Do, do you get it? That's why I say, for the time that you ought to be teachers, it means you cannot remain a baby forever. Hallelujah. You see, you cannot remain a baby forever. Hallelujah. And anything that remains a baby forever, it's a problem. Can I get an amen? Amen. Yes. If a three-year-old poo-poo on himself, if a three-month-old poo-poo on himself, not a problem, nobody worries about it. Yes, and your three-month-old poo-poos. It's not a big deal. It's not an abnormal sight. But if a 13-year-old is pooping on himself, it's a problem. It's a big one. Isn't it? Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? You, you immediately will take the child to the pediatrician. Look, my 13-year-old is still pooping. There must be some developmental anomaly. Because you expect a 13-year-old to go to the bathroom by himself. Hallelujah. And the Bible said that for a, for, a, for, for a time when you ought to be teachers, it think that after being a Christian for a certain period of time, you need to grow up. Can I get an amen? amen. Hallelujah. You need to mature. You see, and, the, and the process of maturation or growing up is by application of principles. Hallelujah. Principles. That's what it is. You see that, that, uh, that you have needed one teacher again, which be the first principles. See, to grow or to mature, you must understand. All things develop because of understanding of principles. Hallelujah. I'm teaching you a very important, you see, for your, for your spiritual growth. Kwame, do you understand? Things grow because you understand principles. Things are developed based on principles. For example, for example, the rocket that you see going to the moon, okay? The rocket that you see going to the, from the earth to moon is purely based on principles. It is based on the principle that action and reaction are equal and opposite. Our students are lost. I should come again. Whose law is that? It's a certain law. Yeah. Action and reaction are equal and opposite. That's the law. That's what it's based on. That how far I can go this way is it depends on how far I can push this way. So action and reaction. In other words, if I do like this small, it will take me this far. But if I push hard, it will take me far. So, action and reaction. 
Understand? So if I want to go far this way, I must push hard this way. Do you understand it? Is it coming slowly? You see, it's the same, you see, but before they got to the rocket, that same principle was applied by you and I in the use of the catapult. You know the catapult? You put a stone in there and you pull. David and Goliath. <laughs> and then you pull the catapult. And how far you pull the, the elastic is how far the stone will go. Do you get it? But your grandfather never developed that principle. His knowledge, his application of that principle ended in the catapult. But somebody thought that by this same principle, it means it was the, it's the same principle based on the use of a gun. That's why when you shoot a gun, it push you forward. It push you backwards. If you are not used to shooting, the first time you shoot a gun, you get this backward jack. Because there's a, a recoil and an action. It's the same principle children use when they are jumping on the trampoline. It's a trampoline effect. You see that if the child wants to go higher, he goes deep into the trampoline and it launches higher. That's physics. But we ended it up only in the catapult. But somebody developed the feather to go to the moon. It's the same principle. Action and reaction. So when you understand principles, it helps you to develop. Hallelujah. Medicine has advanced because of principles. The principle that the heart is basically a pump. It takes blood from one side, the veins, stores it in the heart, and pumps it to the arteries. And that principle has been developed to extend that now, that's why now they can do a heart surgery. They can stop your heart, connect your, your blood veins to a machine. So that whilst they are working on your heart, the machine is doing the work of the heart, receiving blood and pumping blood. That's all. So you see that understanding of principles Hallelujah. It's the basis for which we grow. Amen. I hear you have gone home. Have you understood my... Listen. Have you understood my second? It's the same thing. It's the same thing with... Like medicine. Like medicine. Infection control. They understand that principally bacteria. Bacteria are on surfaces of things. So the best way to control infection is to wash your hands. It's so simple. So those of you who don't wash your hands before you eat, it's a sign that you don't understand science. It's simple. A lot of things stay on your hands, so wash it. Hallelujah. And the more you understand a principle, the more you advance. And that is why there is always, and, and that is why there is always a difference between the doctor and the nurse. Always. Always. Don't argue with me. There's always a difference. <laughs> There's a wide gap. The nurses are looking at me. <laughs> but there's a wide gap. Because you see, it's the understanding. Because you see, you you the nurse did anatomy. You see, the anatomy you did for your nursing NCLEP exam is not the same anatomy I did for my medical school exam. Do you understand something? You did the anatomy, okay, the bones of the skull, the hands, the feet, uh, the vertebra, the lungs. But I went into the petrisus latissimus muscle. 
<laughs> so I so so the same thing you understand, but I understand it more. You understand? You just understand that the net is attached here. But I understand that I understand the, the, the net the innovation. I understand the, the abductor policies and abductor pro- I understand it more. So so you can see that. Even though, so you can see that even though a nurse practitioner can do surgery, when there's a complication, you need a doctor. Because the more you understand something, the more you can solve the complication. Nurses, can I get an amen? So do you admit there's a difference? Or you still don't agree? (laughs) Because there are some old senior nurses who think they know better than they... Because they may around for a long, yeah, they, they may have the experience, but still that medical student who just graduated has more understanding of the physiology. You know of breathing in carbon dioxide, breathing in oxygen and carbon carbon. That's what that you know. Okay, oxygen, CO2, oxygen, CO2. But that medical student who graduated understands something called entitled volume. <laughs> Say entire. Yeah, you don't understand it. I hope I, 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 I hope I've made a difference clear. From today, there will be no more argument, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. So I'm talking about so what I'm, the point I'm trying to say is that you and that you advance the more you understand principles. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? And it's the same way. You see, that is why in the same way in your spiritual life, in your spiritual growth, you grow more when you understand the principles of God. Hallelujah. Look, understanding is key. Okay, I'm telling you, understanding is key. That is why in the parable of the sower, the Bible said that the seed, the, the, the one that fell by the wayside, it's like the one that fell, the, the, the seed that fell by the wayside. It's they that hear the word and understand it not because the devil comes to take it away. The devil knows that once, once he can take away your understanding, you cannot develop. Are you hearing me? So one of the devil's things that I will not let you understand it because once you understand, once you understand, you will improve. So the only way that I don't want you to improve is I will take away your understanding. So that you will not understand it. Hallelujah. And, it's the same, and, and even compliance. You see, sometimes the reason why we don't obey things is because we don't understand it. I'm serious. Our la- sometimes our stubbornness, you see, our stubbornness is a reflection of you don't understand. That's why you are stubborn. I'm telling you. Because when I, when, when I was growing up, I didn't like bathing. I didn't like bathing at all. Because I did not understand that. <laughs> so the most, the number one battle I had with my mom was bathing. And my mom had a way of enforcing compliance. 
that if she does with you one, two, three, you know you change. She has seen that you have not bad, but she won't say anything. She will watch you up and down. You are dealing. Then when I was growing up, you see, it's not like nowadays that there are a lot of channels on TV. There's only one channel on TV. One program that everybody likes to watch. They used to call it, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? It was a, a, a drama program, very popular. My mother will not say anything to you. Then, when it's time for the program, when you sit down, have you bad? <laughs> it is the most painful thing. It is the most painful thing. Because that's the time you, you, you have been looking for the program all day. Now she'll tell you, go and have your bath. And not only that shit, and sometimes when you says that we'll go in quickly, and my mother has a way. Even in those days, there was no stop clock, but she can time whether you have <laughs> whether you have bath fully or not. And one of the look, my mom, Eguara, have you bath? And then when you sometimes I'll go. You know, you're in a hurry, so you turn the shower and close the door. And then water will become well, you're not in the shower. <laughs> I know things. <laughs> so you stand and turn the shower. And after you watch yourself, when she comes, she has a way. She will look behind your ear. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, she will do it to one, two, then you know, you change. Because I didn't see the need for bathing. Do you understand? Because you see, what I'm saying is that compliance has to do sometimes with lack of understanding. Amen. You see, that is why when you read Psalm 111 verse 10, Psalm 111 verse 10, Psalm 111 verse 10, let's look at that scripture. You see, it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Do you get it? A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. A good understanding. A good understanding. So, it is because the reason why people are doing the commandment of the Lord because they understand it well. A good understanding. Oh, please, those of you at the back, you can come and sit down. Let's everybody come in. It says, a good understanding have they all that do his commandments. So it means that your inability to do his commandments is because you don't understand. A good, a, a, a good understanding have all day that do his commandments. So our struggle with the commandment of God to obey God is a reflection of we don't understand. Hallelujah. Psalm 119, verse 34. Psalm 119, verse 34. Give me understanding. Everybody say, give me understanding. Say, give me understanding. He said, give me understanding and I shall keep thy law. Yeah. Douglas, you see, give me understanding. Then I will keep your law. It means without understanding, it is difficult to keep the law. You don't understand. That is why you find the commandments of God grievous. That's why you find the commandments difficult. So pray that God will give you understanding. Obedience will be easy. 
You see, because without understanding the commandment of God, it is look, submission. Look. Wives, submit unto your own husband. It's not an easy commandment. Wife, submit unto your own husband. It's not an easy commandment. It's not easy to comply. Especially as you are looking at this, your husband. You did better to him. You did better than him in school. I, I, I'm preaching. You did better than him. You got, you got 96. You got 65. <laughs> yeah. financial management, you are ahead of this guy. And yet, and yet, the Bible says you should submit to him. You see, if you don't understand the principles of God, why it is important to submit to him? Because anything with two heads is a monster. You will never obey. But because you understand that the word of God is superior and that anything that has two heads is a monster. It is better for you to submit so that there will be flow. Yeah. Husband, love your wife. Yeah. Hey! Love your wife. This girl that every day her mouth is like this. <laughs> Love your wife. I mean, how can you love somebody who even the f- every time she cooks for you, you have to reheat the food? I mean, even though you are not a god, he keeps on giving you burnt offerings. <laughs> love. Love this woman. Love this woman. Of all your problems, somebody told Reverend, all my financial problems began after I married her. <laughs> you see, but you see, you have to understand the principles. If you understand the word of God, that love covers a multitude of sins, and the greatest of it all is love. You, you'll be surprised that it's your life of this difficult object. The woman is like, this difficult personality. As you bend back and love her, that's what will cause the change and she'll begin to submit more. But you don't understand. The principle of honoring. Honor your father and mother. You see, some of you, the, the home that you came from, it is easy to honor your parents. Oh, it's very easy. I mean, you came from a home, your, mom, your, your dad took care of you, your mom took care of you. They paid your school fees. Everything was okay. So it's not, it's not difficult to honor such a person. It's, it's not difficult to honor a parent who took care of you. I mean, how difficult is it? He paid your fees. He brought you up well. He was a good father. So honoring him is not a problem. But I, I have since I did somebody's wedding. Where the father was wealthy and did not take care of her. Did not take care of her. Did not mind her at all. Her mother had to sell her cloth to take her to school. And not a 
father was poor. My father was a rich man with other children in town. But I remember during her wedding, during the counseling, we said that you still need parental consent. So you need to go and talk to your parents. And your father is alive, so you need to go and get consent from your father. She looked at them and said, look, it's very difficult. He said, if I count the number of times I've been sacked from school, because this man will not pay my fees, that I have to go and ask for his permission, Reverend, can we get somebody else? I said, I, I didn't write the Bible. The Bible says you need your parents' consent. So, as difficult as she went. And that was the first time I saw a father hand over their daughter wearing a tailcoat. This man who did not take care of the child, at the day of the wedding, she came with a hat and a tailcoat. <laughs> what will you do? If you are spiritual, what will you do? Because you know that for it to be well with you, you must honor him. This is, honor your father and mother so it may be well with you. This is the first commandment with a blessing. So whether he's a good father or a bad father or in jail, you still have to honor him. You see, and it comes by understanding. Otherwise, it's not easy. Tight. Pain tight. <laughs> Pain tight. Pain tight does not make physical sense. is better than 100. When I have bills that I have not paid. And you are telling me that the 100 that I have, I should bring 10. And that the not 90 is better than 100. When I know that, so far as cable company is concerned, doesn't work that way. The math is not math. You see, so, and, 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 and that's why a lot of you don't pay tight, because you don't understand. But if you understand the principles of blessing and curses, it is I who give it the power to make wealth. You will know that that 90 blessed is far superior than 100 that was the case. But you don't understand it. You don't understand it. You don't understand that the power to make wealth is God. You don't understand that it is the blessing of the Lord. It is the blessing of the Lord that make it rich, not your hard work. That is why you don't pay tight. I'm preaching to you. From today, I understand it. Because cases are real. But if you understand that blessing, you don't understand that it is even the tithe you are paying now that will make your daughter get, get a good man to marry in the future. You don't know. You have, you have not connected your daughter. Maybe like if Zoe, Zoe grows up and marry a very spiritual, prosperous, and happy man. You see, he may be connected to your pain tight. Let it happen in Jesus' name. Because you have been paying tight since you were young. But you don't understand. You think by paying tight you are doing God a favor. Indeed, will a man rob God? I'm preaching to you. Oh, you are doing the pastor a favor. Listen to me, you are, not, you are not doing me a favor at all. At all. Because I don't even, the tithe doesn't even come to me anyway, to begin with. In this church, the tithe does not come to me. I don't get paid. I preach. I don't get paid. Just in case you don't know. Bless, by the way. The guy who pays me is down the road. 
understand. Amen. That's why I say, give me understanding and I shall keep thy law. Give me. It's a prayer. We should all pray. Give me understanding. If, if you have an understanding, you'll not be fooling with girls around. I should stay there. I, I should move. I, I'm moving from there. Because you, if you understand that the adulterous soul, the adulterous, say, the adulterous woman, she searches for the precious soul. So the reason why this old lady is interested in you, a young man, is she wants to destroy your soul. But you think you are cool. <laughs> Give me understanding. I said what? Give me understanding. Amen. Because when you understand things, it's very easy. You understand? I mean, I understand why I should bath. <laughs> so, <laughs> and you understand? I don't think my wife has asked me to go and bath before. I don't have to go and bath before. <laughs> she hasn't asked me. And I sleep with her in the same bed. She has never asked me to go and bath because I understand the principle of bathing. It was a difficulty growing up as a child. Thank God for medicine. <laughs> no, I understand my path. For the fact that I'm living on bed with another human being. So some of you, those of you ladies who don't bath, I'm trying to tell you. Preaching to you. A young lady, you have done your makeup, your hair. Listen, under there is smelling. Please take your bath. <laughs> Let's take your bath. <laughs> I'm preaching. I've come to see that some of these young girls they don't bath. A lot of makeup, polish, but they don't bath. At least a woman should bath once a day. In the winter, in the summer, what? Twice a day. I mean, a guy can do it with one. Once a day is good for a guy. It's good for a guy, but a woman, at least in the summer, twice a day, because a lot of places need the, the, a lot of places need to be de- de- detoxified. <laughs> uh, let me preach my message. <laughs> Tell you about get understanding. Tell you about get understanding. It makes a difference. Hallelujah. So. The verse we read in Hebrews about there comes a time you have to be a teacher. You see, the transformation from that childhood to, to become a teacher is understanding the principles. Getting understanding. Amen. And to mature as a Christian, see, I'm talking about Christian maturity, you must understand what we call the principles of salvation. Hallelujah. That because you are an unbeliever, then you got saved. Now, so we must understand what has happened to you. Because it is that understanding that will make you advance. Amen. So the first principle I'm going to talk about today, and maybe in the second one if I have time, is the first principle that say that, that, that say that man is a spirit. Man is a spirit. He has a soul and he lives in the body. 
the human being. The human being is a spirit. He has a soul and he lives in the body. So when you see a human being there, there are three things. Like as I'm seeing my daughter sitting there beautifully, you are not just a beautiful girl, there are three things. There's a spirit with a soul living in the body. Hallelujah. Brother, right, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. First Thessalonians chapter 5. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, I believe. First Thessalonians 5.23. You say that, and the very God of peace. Okay, the very God of peace sanctify you the way they're holy. Holy means complete. It means the, everything together. Do, do you get it? And the God sanctify you holy. Holy means complete. It means the whole component, everything put together. Then semicolon. And I pray God, your whole spirit, soul, and body. So when we say, George, we are talking about a spirit, a soul, and a body. You are not just a body. Hallelujah. So all of us have to understand that you are not just a body. God, you are not just a body. As you stand there, there are three parts of you. You are a spirit. You have a soul and you live in the body. Say with me, I'm a spirit. Say, I am a spirit. I have a soul and I live in the body. You see, and the reason why we are taking the time to teach what you will call business, you see, your understanding of who you are is the foundation for which you can develop. Yeah. Hallelujah. So when you look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 9. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 9. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh, which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits? So God is described as the Father of spirits. So, if God is the father of spirits and you are created in the image of God, then what are you? I'm asking a question. If God is described as the father of spirits and you are the image of God, then what are you? The spirit. It's very simple. If God, because spirits give birth to spirits, a lizard will give birth to a lizard, a monkey will give birth to a monkey, a cow will give birth to a cow. So, if God is a spirit, and God, and God created in his own image, then understand that you are a spirit. The real you. Do you understand? The real you is a spirit. Hallelujah. It's the same. I'm just giving you a lot of scriptures. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Genesis 2, 7. It talks about creation. The Bible said that this is how this is how you were created, and the Lord God and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, okay, dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostril the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Okay, so God found clay and formed a shape like George, 
and then breathe into you, which is the spirit, the rema, the roar. So the spirit of God came into you. And then because of that, the spirit coming into you, you acquired a soul. So you are a spirit. You have a soul. So, so, so the real you is a spirit. Your body, the flesh, is, what, is, is, just, is just the flesh, the house. And the soul has to do with your intellect, your emotion. Do you understand? When the spirit entered the clay, that thing also acquired emotion. Intellect. Your joy. Your happiness. Your smiling. That's not your spirit. That's your soul. That's why David said, that, why be downcast my soul? Like, why be depressed my soul? Because emotions come from the soul. But the real you is a spirit. And the, the, the clay or the body is just the house. And you have an emotion. What is the soul? So, so we, 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 we are happy with our soul. We are sad with us. My soul magnifies the Lord. My soul. My soul. Why be done? So the soul is the area of emotion. See, and this is where there will always be a difference between God and man. And I'll explain to you. You see, we, man is, we are advancing in the technological world. We are advancing in technology. Now, there's something called AI. Artificial intelligence. I hope you know that one. Our students. That one, the students know. <laughs> a little bit of it. Can I say a little bit? There is something called AI. Artificial intelligence. Whereby now, we, we are trying to create robots. Do you, do, you, do you get what I'm saying? That is artificial intelligence. Some of these robots can even do surgery, called robotic surgery. They put you there, they connect you to the robot, and it's doing the surgery. So you're trying to use AI, even to use as messengers. Waiters, you go to a, you go to a restaurant, and then you pick it, and then... It's delivered. New York, City, New York City has created a robotic dog. Do you see on the news? A robotic dog. A dog that can go to homes. For policing. That's the use of AI. Artificial intelligence. But you see, that dog, that robot, you cannot create the emotion. He cannot smile, be happy or sad. Because you cannot be God. has no feelings. That robot has no emotions. Because that's God. Kendra, that's God. There's a difference between you and that robot. It's not that, it's not that, it's not that, that, that robot can drive. But that, bro, that robot cannot be happy. Cannot laugh. Cannot smile. He has no emotions. Even if he's laughing, he's programmed. Put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. So, say with me, I am a spirit. I have a soul. And I live in the body. And your body is just your house. That one I can tell you. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. 
2 Corinthians 5 1. 2 Corinthians 5 1. Look at it. If you want to know what your body is, for we know that we have an earthly house. For we know that we have an earthly house of this tabernacle. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God and house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. That's what he says. He says we know that we have he said, we know that we have an earthly house, which is, so your body is just a house. The house you live in. Which is only for this earth. Only for this earth. So, so, so those of us who think that when you die, it's over, you are joking. We have an earthly tabernacle. We have a building house. Ne- ne- go to next verse. Next verse. Verse 2. Quickly, brother. We have an earthly. This is only a house. For we for in this we groan. See, for in this we groan, endlessly desiring to be clothed upon with a house which is from heaven. Well, we, because we have a house which is on earth, but we are growing for a house which is from heaven. Teaching you. Next verse. If so, be that we've been clothed, we shall not be found. Give me the, a, modern, a modern version. Maybe the New Living Translation. It says we groan because it said that this house, this current house that we are in, okay, which is our body, we groan. It's not perfect. It's full of trouble. This flesh is full of trouble. This one, this, it's not a perfect house. This flesh has headaches. It has diabetes. It has asthma. It has hypertension. It has cancer. But we are growing that one day we shall put it off. And the one that we shall wear in heaven, if you are to be heaven, is a perfect body. No sickness. No disease. No cancer. No hypertension. That is the glorious body. For we will not be spirits without bodies. Are you seeing that? Look, I'm teaching you the Bible. You see, we need to understand who we are so we can develop spiritually. The Bible says, for we will not be spirits without bodies, but we will put on newly heavenly bodies, a better body. Because this body isn't good. This body has too many issues. Hallelujah. So, what we are learning this morning is that the real you, Lorraine, is a spirit. You have a body. Yeah, and look at your body. You have a body. What is the house? You painted the house. Look at how this house is nicely painted. <laughs> painted with a pony. Painted with a, it's a house. Yes, that's right. <laughs> this house is painted with five coats. Smooth. It's a house. Some of you, some of you, your, your house looks like downtown. It's okay. It's a house. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's a house. Don't worry. It's a house. It's a type of house. Not every house is in the residential area. Some are downtown. <laughs> so whether it's a downtown house or upscale house, it is what? A house. <laughs> now, listen to me carefully. We are spirits. I say what? We are spirit. I say we are hot. But no, no, not only are we, we are not the only one who are spirits. 
We are not the only one who has spirit. No, God is a spirit. We are not the only one who has spirit. So are demons. Demons are also spirits. Demons are also spirits. They are called evil spirits. Listen to me carefully. And the principle is the same. A spirit needs a body to function. Selena, are you getting my message? A spirit needs a body to operate in. Are you getting there? So just as you, your spirit needs your body to operate in. Demons are also spirits and they need a body to operate in. Is it getting deep? Yeah. But unfortunately, they, have, they don't have their own bodies. So they desire your body to operate in. Yeah. They desire a body to operate in. If a demon of slap wants to slap you, it cannot slap you in the atmosphere. He has to enter into, God forbid, this brother, so that this brother will now manifest that demon by slapping you. So he's slapping you is a demon that of slap that needed a body to operate. God forbid. Are you getting me? No, I'm serious. And I'll take you deeper. Say deeper. Yeah. Do you want to go deeper? Look. Spirits. They also need body. Okay? So we see that the Bible says, I think Genesis chapter 2, we see demons are spirits, including Satan himself. Satan is a spirit. I said, Satan is a spirit. Satan is a spirit. And the Bible says that and when Satan wanted to operate, he needed a body. Okay? And he found the body of a snake. This is deep. So the snake is not the devil. So when you see a snake down there, you don't say, I've seen a demon. same, my daughter. When Jesus met the madman of Gadara, there were demons, 6,000 demons in the man. And Jesus was casting them out. And said, don't send us away from here. We want to be in this area. And the Bible said, they came out of the man and entered into pigs. Because demons need a body to operate in. And as soon as they entered the pigs, the pigs who were walking around normally feeding, following their shepherd, suddenly their behavior changed and they ran into the sea and got drowned. That was a demon of murder and suicide. When it came into the pig, the pig had no choice but to die. Before the demons came, they were just feeding there. There was no problem. They were minding their business. But when the demon came into that group of pigs, Immediately, they lost control. 
it was the demon of suicide. So when people commit suicide and depression, a demon has entered. So that group of pigs went and killed themselves. Does that mean that every pig you see has a... De- so those of you who don't eat pigs, I'm just trying to explain to you. You don't like pork chops because you think it's a demon. <laughs> You don't like lamb chops and pork chops. Because you read that they did. No, no. It was that particular. That particular pigs. Not the, they died. Not, they even died. Because I, I know of a friend who was casting out demons. In fact, it was prophet. Who was casting out demons. And the demon asked, where do you want to go say the chicken? And they put up some chicken and they entered the chicken. Prophet died. And the demons entered the chicken. So will you stop eating chicken? <laughs> In fact, Ernest, somebody told me that the demons that entered the pigs, the Bible said they went into the ocean and then they died. And when they died, they go rot and the fish ate them. <laughs> so the demons moved from the pig into the fish. <laughs> So, 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 then from today, don't eat fish. <laughs> I said, from today, don't eat fish. <laughs> Become a vegetarian. <laughs> from today, don't eat fish. Those of you who are religious and I don't eat a pig because it's demonic, then don't eat fish because when they end there, they die. And we know that spirits need a body. So I'm sure the fish that ate, maybe some tilapia ate the pig. <laughs> so they don't eat tilapia again. Are you hearing me what I'm saying? Demons need spirits. Demons need bodies. Because they are spirits. Because See, the spirit world is more real. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Yeah. But you see, before I even go on, I'm taking you deep. Shall I take you deep? I said, demons need, demons are spirits. And spirits need bodies. You understand? But I'll even take you deeper. Everybody, some bodies are susceptible to attracting demons more than others. Some bodies are more prone to attracting evil spirits than others. When you go to Genesis chapter 2 verse 1, Genesis chapter 2 verse 1. Genesis chapter 2. Genesis 2 1. That 2 1. Okay. That's, uh-huh. This is it. Look at the word. Now the serpent was more subtle. Everybody say subtle. You see, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast in the field which the Lord had made. The serpent was more subtle. Was more subtle. Was more subtle than any beast. God made all of them. He made the crocodile. He made a lion. He made a snake. He made a dog. But when Satan was looking for a, a body to enter, why didn't he go into the lion? 
Why did he go into the crocodile? But he went into the serpent. And the reason is this, because he was a subtle creature. Look at it. He was a subtle creature. His personality was attractive to Satan. Give me another version, no living. The personality of the serpent was commodious, was attractive. Now the serpent was the shrewdest of all the creatures. He was the 419. Shrewd. Cunning. Like this, like that. He, he, he's looking left by me, he's looking right. So that personality was attractive to Satan. The lion was just wrong. But he, I mean, he wasn't. The, the lion, when you see the lion, what you see is what you get. So Satan did not find him attractive. What I'm trying to share with you is that some of us, the personality you have makes it more attractive to demons. You see, that is why if you are melancholic, your melancholic personality is attractive to demons of depression. Thank you, you did. Because the personality makes it attractive to a particular demon. Yeah. Huh? Because not all personalities attract certain type of demons. That is why, that is why, if you see a sanguine personality, because you are sanguine, you are happy, you joke everywhere around, you are also attractive to the demon of fornication. That's your, I'm, I'm explaining to you. Because you have a personality, hey, easy, hey, they are laughing, chatting everybody. That same personality is to want, want, want to sleep with this girl, sleep with this girl, because you are a sanguine. Attractive. I'm teaching. So, another message I will share with you, a deeper is that, based on your personality, What's the demons? The sin, you see, the sins that easily beset us. If you know that you are a sanguine person and you chat around, marry early and stay with, and, and forget about all your girlfriends because you can easily fornicate. I'm helping. If you don't have a melancholic personality, don't watch the news. You will be depressed. Demons are spirits. They need bodies to operate in. Depending on the body that it is, it attracts a particular demon. And the third thing I'll tell you about this thing, if you can handle it, if you can bear it, can you handle it? Can you handle it? Shall I go there? Shall I go there? The third thing I'll tell you is that your ability your ability to diagnose an evil spirit in somebody close to you is the highest sign of victory 
I'll explain to you. Your ability to pick up an evil spirit or diagnose an evil spirit in somebody close to you is the highest sign of victory. And I'll explain to you. You see, demons need bodies to operate in. And all of us, we have a tendency to like people and therefore cannot think a demon is operating in them. Or a demon can operate in them. You only see the demon in your mother-in-law. Because you don't like her. <laughs> you see the demon in your father-in-law in the village. You can't believe that this beautiful woman standing by your side. Today as she is operating, a demon has entered. It is that high level of discernment. That high level of discernment and spiritual maturity that made Jesus Christ look at Peter. Peter was his assistant. Peter was his main person. But he said, this time, get thee behind me, Satan. Just a few verses ahead. Peter had praised him. Whom do men say that I am? He said, some say you are Elijah. Some say you are the prophet. He said, but who do you say? I said, you say, Peter, Peter by revelation, thou art Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, wow, flesh and blood has not revealed himself to you. That's how great and how mighty Peter was. But a few verses down the line, Satan was operating. You and I would have been afraid. You would have been afraid to say that. Oh, it's not Satan. This cannot be Satan. This guy cannot be Satan. This one cannot be Satan. That's what you have said. You have said, no, 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 no. How possible? My main assistant, how possible? My wife, how possible? My husband, how possible? My child, how possible? You see, you must be able to diagnose that this your child behavior is Satan. As much as you love the child. Something else has entered. That ability to diagnose and deal with it is what will give you victory. Because as human beings, we, we, we want some people to be demon possessed and people not to be. You only see demon in your mother-in-law. You see the demon in your father-in-law. Or your grandmother in the village. What about, your, what about the colleague that you like and go out with you see, I'm not saying the person is demon-possessed, though. But a demon can operate through the person. So, you, how I let you ask protection at this particular instance, on this particular instance, what you are saying is a demonic thing. That's what Jesus did not throw Peter away. He did not cast Peter out. But he said, in this particular instance, Satan is talking through you. Can you tell your husband or sweetheart I love you by this particular decision? I said, can you look at your husband and say, sweetheart, I love you. I know you are anointed. But this particular thing you are saying. Without generating a third world war in the house. <laughs> you see, but if you cannot do that, then you will not have a certain type of victory. If Jesus was not able to do that with Peter, he will not have a certain type of victory. And if somebody close to you say that there's a demon in you, 
offended. Thank God for deliverance. <laughs> I don't know why I can handle this message. I'm telling you. I'm not saying hit the person or the person. Just point out. Jesus still worked with Peter. He still used Peter. But he told me in this particular case, because Jesus understands demons, and he knew that this particular saying, it is Satan that is working. Through my closest guy. Because naturally, we all have our likes and our dislikes. Bishop wrote a book. Bishop wrote a book. Uh, what's the book about demons? Um, hmm? Demons and how to do with it. There's a book called Demons and How to Do with Them. When the book was, initially came at first, a particular wife went to Bishop Saki said, I need two copies of this book. <laughs> <laughs> I beg you, I need two copies of this book. Seriously. Two. They said, really? It's oh yeah. Thank God for Bishop Dan. My, I need to give my husband one of these books. <laughs> my husband needs a copy of this book. He said, demon. Bishop, come and see. And lo and behold, she go to. Then who should come to the bookshop again? Her husband. <laughs> she also see them and say, ah, Bishop, thank you. Can I get three of this book? <laughs> one for my wife, one for my mother-in-law, and one for my sister-in-law. I need three. <laughs> this is the book. Somebody say he needs 12. He needs a dozen. You need 12. As you are looking around your family, you say, I need 12 copies. What I'm trying to say is I'm talking about spirituality. Hallelujah. You see, unless if you don't get to that level, you can also not advance spiritually. You must know that demons are around, demons are spirits. Demons are looking for bodies to operate in. And sometimes even the one that you love most on that occasion is the vehicle. The question is, do you have the spiritual maturity and boldness to say, get thee behind me, Satan? Pray. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. Wonderful. And the real you doesn't die. Man is a spirit. Man is a spirit. The real you does not die. Man is a spirit. The spirit lives on. I said the spirit lives on. Life is not only on this earth. The spirit lives on. That is why the great, the, one of the famous quotes or the greatest quote, Billy Graham, before he died. Billy Graham said that one day 
One day, you will hear that I'm dead. Don't believe it. That's what Billy Graham said. He says, one day, you will hear that I'm dead. Don't believe a word of it. I'll be more alive than ever. You say you hear that I'm dead. Don't believe a word of it. I will be more alive than ever. Because he believes that the spirit lives on. He says, I'll be more alive. I will be more alive. You may see the post of my funeral announcement. They drove his body. He said, I'll be, he said, don't believe a word. I'll be more alive than ever. That's Billy Graham. That is why for those of you, if you have ever seen that, there's something called ND, near-death experience. If you are watching any of those documentaries, the NDs, next time we go, just want Google ND, near-death experience. You see that they, they give experiences. So I came out and I saw my body lying down. I came out of my body and I saw my body lying down. Some say I saw my, a surgeon operating on my body because I came out. What shows that the spirit lives on? The spirit lives on. The spirit lives on. So when you read the the story that Jesus said of in, in Luke chapter 16, the, the rich man and Lazarus. In Luke 16, they said there was a poor man. There's a beggar. His name was Lazarus. Who ate of the crumbs. And of course, because he was poor, he died early. Because poor people die early. And the angels carried him. Carried him. They carried him. But we saw his body in the grave. But the Bible said the angels carried him into the bosom of Abraham. But didn't you see his body on the ground? But the Bible said the angels carried him. And the Bible said that then the rich man also died. And of course he had a grand funeral. And he, angels did not carry him. He in hell. And the interesting part is that when they were on earth, the rich man knew Lazarus. He always saw Lazarus sitting at the gate, feeding the distant. So he knew him. I'm trying to show you something. The rich man, Carl, he knew Lazarus. So the Bible said, while he was in hell, he lifted and saw Lazarus. What am I trying to say? The spirit lives on. The spirit lives on. And your spirit looks like you. If you are tall, your spirit will be tall. If you are short, your spirit will be short. If you are fat, your spirit will be fat. Otherwise, how did he that? How did he know Lazarus? So those of you who don't like your weight now, lose weight before you die. So that you're <laughs> if you don't like your addition, because he identified, it means that he knew Lazarus. It means that the spirit of Lazarus looked like Lazarus. Do you understand it? It means that he said, send Lazarus. It means because he knew the guy on earth. When you go to heaven, you recognize your sister. Yes. Yes. Amen. You're not going to, she's not going to become a Chinese lady. No, she'll be like this. So you must work on your final weight before heaven. <laughs> final weight before departure. <laughs> Don't worry. 
in heaven there's joy. Whatever way to appear there is acceptable. <laughs> yes. Because the spirit never dies. Hallelujah. Church, are you hearing what I'm preaching about? I said, are you hearing what I'm preaching about? So it is very, very important. You see, it's very, very important to understand who we are. That the real you is a spirit. The real you is a spirit. Amen. Amen. That is why you need to work on the spirit. Hallelujah. Hey, the real is a spirit. So, so you see, so they know, oh, I feel very, I feel the, sometimes people say, I feel the presence of God. Yes, you feel the presence of God because your spirit is alive. Your spirit is alive. That's why you can feel the presence of God. Somebody don't, some people don't feel nothing. But you can sense the certain presence because your spirit is communicating with the spirit. There are times that I have been to places, I'm telling you, as soon as I enter there, I feel only that I can feel that there are demons here. Because I sense it. Hallelujah. So develop your spirit. But that is sometimes the reason why we fast. You see, when you fast, you don't make the name of Jesus more powerful. No. When you fast, what you are doing is that you are suppressing the body. And as the body goes down, the spirit gets more alive. So some things that you struggle with when you fast, you are, it's easy to do because the spirit is more alive. The real you is more alive. I'm talking about you. And the reverse is true. The reverse is true. It means, it, it means don't make a mistake painting the house. You are always painting the house. You are doing the renovation in the house. I'll tell you a story. Tell you a story. There was a lady who was married to her husband in America. And their parents were in Ghana. And one day, he heard that their in-laws are coming to visit. So, being the good wife, who wants to impress, she started cleaning the house. Changing things. Cleaning. I mean, new sheet, new floor. I mean, working. arrival. He said, when are they arriving? So it happens when they are coming at 2 p.m. But she had not finished the work. So she kept on working. She did not even look at the clock to see that the time is up. Suddenly he hears the door like clink, 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 clink. Who is it? He said, oh, we are here, honey. We are here. So the husband opens the door. Of course, the mother-in-law was the one in front. To see her son's house. And here was this wife with an apron, her, you know, the thing that you women put on your head, that net. <laughs> net on her head, very untidy, very unkempt. She opens the door. Then the mother says, Oh, wow, is Madame home? Is Madame home? Because she thought she was the maid. Damn home. Because she has cleaned the house. Spotless. Very nice. But had not taken care of herself. So she was looking like a maid. Is Madame home. 
How do you say I'm the madam? You just say. You just say. It's madam whom? How do you say you're madam? I'm preaching to you. How do you say you're madam? Yes, here we are. We decorate our body. You do your makeup. You do your hair. You do your nails. But have you prayed? Have you had your quiet time? Have you read your Bible? Have you developed your real self? When the Lord comes, will he say, it's Madame whom? It's Madame whom? It's Madame whom? The amount of time we spend doing our, enhancing our physical body. I hear some of you, the hair, the hair, it takes half a day to braid the hair. The whole day. The whole day. You go and sit down a whole day. Somebody's a whole day. When was the last time you read your Bible for even? You are enhancing the body. Have you had a retreat by yourself? Have you fasted half a day? The real you. I'm preaching to you. I'm talking about principles of salvation. The real you. The real you. I'm not saying don't do your hell. But what about your prayer? What about your fasting? Really, you. If the Lord come, will He look at you and say, "It's Madam Home"? The times we spend, and here I'll throw in free advice. And my free advice is that, in marriage, who you eventually marry is the real person. I say in marriage, who you eventually marry is a real person. Who eventually. So no matter who you marry, at the end of the day, as the years go on, the real person will come out. So if you use only the breast and the buttocks to matter, I'm preaching. If you are attracted to him because of the height, fine. But he's macho, he's big. But as you marry and he goes along, the real person, which is the spirit person, will come out and then we'll see whether he's a demon. So, my message to you is simple go by the real factors. But most of us marry what we see. But I'm telling you that what you see is only after the honeymoon. After the honeymoon. The real deal comes out. I say the real deal comes out. What you say is just the honeymoon. Yes. I mean, you, he's so nice. He's so handsome. That's the real deal. But after the honeymoon, then you say you have married a liar. A liar. A liar. The real person is a liar. So my advice to you is that when it comes to long-lasting things, Man is a spirit. What spirit am I getting my spirit joined to? And if you have this understanding, what you used to go into marriage 
It's the spirit in the person, not the size of the breast. I'm home. Know how long the hair? I mean, the hair that you are admiring, first of all, it's not her hair to begin with. <laughs> I'm pretty to you. <laughs> the hair that you are admiring, first of all, it is not her hair. Underneath that thing, there's another hair. The breast that you are admiring, to begin with, it, there's something called Wonder Bra. It is Victoria's Secret. <laughs> Victoria's Secret is what you are admiring. There's a Wonder Bra. I've come to see that now, there's even the eyelashes is different. It's sugar, right? Even the eyelashes is fake. As he's standing there like this, it's fake. The lips are fake. The waist, there's a lot of. <laughs> and this is what is guiding you. I'm preaching to you. And I'll tell you something. One day I was working in the clinic. One day I was working in the clinic. And the lady came. It was an STD clinic. STD. Sexually transmitted disease. And in STD clinic, we give them a shot of penicillin. That's the, that's the treatment. You give a shot of penicillin. So this girl came. Man! When you look at her backside, I'm a pastor. I'm, I'm also a doctor. Smooth! <laughs> There is no deep, deep happy girl. I mean, I mean, from here to here. So, and she had STD because we tested her urine. So the nurse gave her the injection, the penicillin, and it's supposed to respond in about a week. So two weeks, two weeks later, she comes back. And what, the question was, he said, he said. I still have it. Then they, they said, why? Say, it didn't work. Then the nurse said, ah, but we gave you yes, oh, that booty was fake. He <laughs> 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 said, that booty? He said, that booty? He said, that booty, it was fake. Not that it was all silicone. So the medicine went into the silicone. That booty was fake. <laughs> I'm preaching. Alex, I'm preaching. So, you know, so don't be impressed by that booty because it could be fake. <laughs> Just, we gave the injection, it didn't work. Not knowing where I push a medicine to silicone implant. A fake booty. Huh? The real one was hiding. So, what I'm trying to say that. See, I'm trying to show you that let's be principles. Look for spirit. Identify spirit. There's a spirit in man. So what you are looking for is what spirit am I joining my spirit to? Not that booty. Because that booty can be fake. (laughs) 
It's a free advice. Hey, Charlie, you have not seen a booty. More. Smooth. Hey, hey. <laughs> no cellulite. You see, some of you, when the summer comes, it's full of cellulite. There's a lot. <laughs> It's a lot of potholes, you know, the, the road is rough. <laughs> this one was smooth. No bumps. So what I'll conclude, I'm just finish my message. You are a spirit. I say you are a spirit. Let the spirit part of you guide you. For as many as are led by the spirit. Yeah, the sons of God. And the next bonus I'll throw in for you is that since you are a spirit, your children are also spirits. So parents, be interested in the spiritual development of your child. It's good to take him to school. Take him to ballet. You are his mind, his soul, but what about his spirit? Some of our spirits will invest in every soulish and physical activity of our child, but when it comes to spiritual things, what do you do? What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul to bring a child in this world who will go to hell? It's better the child should not be born. It's about time we invest. Yes, you take your child for games, soccer practice, ballet, fine, it's good. But choir rehearsal, you won't bring your child. Drama, you won't bring your child. You keep your child away. You are developing the child physically. One day when your child becomes a monster, it's sorry, it will be too late. Parents, I'm giving you free advice. Be interested in the spiritual development. Don't only take her to a good college. Make sure that spirituality is sound. Amen. And sometimes you have to invest in it. You have to invest in it. Make a, um, no, don't only pay her fees. Make sure that she has learned something in church. Pray for camp. There's a safe church going on. Let her go. Let her develop her spirit. The greatest legacy you can leave your child is your spiritual development. This morning I came early. And as I stood there, I saw Adiki and her brother coming here. And I say, Adiki, how did you get to church? Because you don't drive. And so we took Uber. I say, your mother is investing in you spiritually. She cannot come, but she will pay for Uber to bring her children to church. Because she's interested in her spiritual, their spiritual world. She paid Uber to bring her children to church. You, when Naka is even calling your children, we are busy. You are angry. Let me tell you something. It's about time we remember the scripture. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, let our spiritual being, our real being, who we are, be the guide of our decisions. Because I tell you, man is a spirit. He has a soul. He lives in the body. And at the end of the day, it is the spiritual man that will rule. Stand up to your feet and let's pray.
Thank you. Let's pray for us. Pray, speak in tongues, which is another way to develop your spirit. Paul said, when I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit pray. Pray. Everybody pray for, for a few minutes. Yes, you have had breakfast this morning, but have you prayed? You have had breakfast this morning, but have you read your Bible? You have had breakfast this morning. You've taken your bath, but did you read your Bible? The real you. How do you look spiritually? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. And pray for yourself. You see, pray, pray. See, pray that whatever personality that I have, whatever personality that I have, that is attractive to evil spirit, Lord, reveal it to me and let me plead the blood of Jesus against that spirit. In Jesus' name. Makandalia Baba. Mashenderia Babandalia Baba. Ilama Zondoria Babandaria Baba. Elalia Mamani Miko Raka. Oh, if I pray in tongues, I pull up myself, oh God. Oh, Makandaria Basuka Tandalia Baba. Eshenderia Baba Nikanalia Baba. Charge yourself, charge yourself, oh God. Mashenderia Baba. The demon of quarreling, the demon of fighting, the demon of uselessness. Bind it, bind it, bind it, bind it, bind it. Listen, church, I want us to bind demons. Some of us we are prone to demon, the demon of disgrace because of your personality. Some are prone to the demon of failure because of your family background. It's like no matter how high you go, you will fail. Some are prone to the demon of divorce because of what you saw growing up. But for every evil spirit, you can intercede. Yes. Let the spirit man rise up yes. and block every evil spirit. Yes. Demon of depression, anxiety, cancer. Lift up your voice and let us pray. Pray against it. Pray against it, oh God. In the name of Jesus. 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 Renew a right spirit. Renew a right spirit. Renew a right spirit. Renew a right spirit in me. Renew a right spirit in me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah. Amen. David prayed a prayer. He said, Create in me, create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit. Let the spirit in me be right. Let the spirit that is in me be right. Cast me not away from your presence. I want to have a right spirit. Let not evil spirits habitate me, O God. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Oh, lift up your voice and sing this song. The joy, the joy of our salvation, and renew, and renew the right spirit within me. Let's start from the top. Creating me, creating me a clean heart, oh God. Creating me a clean heart. Oh. 
spirit within me. Place your hand on your heart and let us pray. Place your hand on your heart, everybody. Father, I go down on my knees with my hand on my heart, praying, Lord, renewing us the right spirit. Renewing us the right spirit. Renewing us the right spirit. Creating us a clean heart, oh God. A heart that is not nice for evil spirits. A heart that is not attractive to demons. A heart that is not attractive to evil spirits. But a heart that is attractive to you. A heart that welcomes your presence. Give us a clean heart. Give us a clean heart. Give us a clean heart. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. With every eye closed and every head bowed. You are here. You are not born again. You don't know Jesus Christ as your personal savior. The Bible says, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Remember, man is a spirit. The real you is a spirit. The question is whether you, are, you have the spirit of God or the spirit of the devil. And unless you are born again, you don't have the right spirit. So I want you to take a decision today. You may have gone to church before. You may have even read your Bible before. It doesn't matter. The most important thing is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus said, except a man be born again, except a man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So if you are here and you are not born again, by born again, I mean you are not sure whether you go to heaven or hell when you die. Whoever you are, please lift up your hand and I'll pray for you. Lift up your hand. You want to, be, you want to have a right standing with God. At least one thing you want to make sure that your spirit is in line with the spirit of God. With every eye closed, no movement. Is it, when it comes to salvation, people are shy. Don't, is it, one thing you cannot be shy is your salvation. Because hell is not a nice place, I'm telling you. So if you want me to pray for you, please lift up your hand. If you don't lift up your hand, I wouldn't know. So lift up your hand and let's pray. And if you are born again, I give God the glory. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Father, we thank you for this service. Thank you for salvation. Thank you that none under the sound of my voice will be condemned. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. We hope you've been blessed. Feel free to join any of our services. Contact us at qfcannouncements at gmail.com. That's qfcannouncements at gmail.com.